We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday morning, the 26th of September, 7.34 a.m. Mountain Time, and it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall out here in rainy and cold Seattle, and that's Scott Kennedy out there on the other end in Atlanta. How, how are things going, Scott? Is a beautiful fall out there in Atlanta right now? Oh, it's been gorgeous. It's been the earliest fall I can remember where it's, you know, yeah, it hit 85 and people are like, 85, that's fall? Well, yeah, for September. <laughs> It's it's cooled off, but it's in the it was it's been in the fifties and, and low sixties in the morning. So it's mm, been perfect. Been gorgeous, dry. It's been uh, been great weather here. Always said uh, when they put the Georgia Dome up, it's like people don't want to tailgate and then go inside in the fall in the South when it's perfect. So mm. I'm looking forward to. I do enjoy the cold. So we're three four weeks away from uh, going out to uh, to Broncos country and the meet and greet. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, I'm watching those ticket prices right now. Uh, it's unfortunate the uh, the Jets tickets are like eighty dollars, you know, ninety dollars a ticket, but the Packer ones are like two hundred dollars a ticket. I don't know if that's uh, Packer fans stuff or whatever's going on, but I'm guessing it'll probably get lower uh, before then. But if anybody has any insight on tickets, I'm uh, I'm I'm hunting uh, right now. We'll be there, but uh, still got to get the tickets in hand for that. And who knows what type of Bronco team we'll see at that point? Who knows who'll be coaching on the defensive side of the ball at that point as well? Scott and I are going to get into that today, but first we want to say hello to some people starting to trickle in here and start off with the super chats here. Denver Luke won four ninety nine. Thank you so much, Denver uh, Luke. He says it's tough to watch the Broncos, but my Ducks are playing well. Uh, what do you guys think of Bo Nix? If the Broncos are picking ninth, should we go get Bo Nix? Scott has a maybe a little bit too close to the situation on Bo Nix because he watched him for a number of years there in Auburn, and man, he was bad there in Auburn. Uh, he's been pretty good at uh, Oregon. I don't think I would spend the ninth overall pick on him, but I do think there's an outside chance he ends up being a first-round pick at all in the back end. Uh, he's been pretty good there in Oregon. It's just there's so little high – how do I put it? The NFL-caliber throws, you know, the 15-yard out kind of thing, the 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 windows that he's going to have to hit, There's just they don't ask him to do that very much at Oregon because they don't have to. Uh, so I have a hard time with the evaluation of Bo Nix, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up being a late first round pick. Somebody takes a shot on him because he is a good athlete. Um, he's gone through adversity uh, and uh, he has good enough arm talent. So I wouldn't spend a top. I don't see a top 10 guy right now. Uh, I haven't watched 
much Oregon this year. This is more based on last season, so maybe he's progressed some as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's a fun one to watch. I know Scott actually had another player from Oregon that uh, maybe worth talking about at some point here. Uh, but uh, what do you think, Scott? Bo Nix, nine overall. I know that you have some insight there too. No, you 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 said it. You know, I'm admittedly biased. I watched him at Auburn, and you know, part of it was you know he came in, was handed the job, and moved Malik Willis out of there, and he was poor. The team was poor. It went downhill while he was there. So I tried to, you know, and then he comes back. It's like, okay, Oregon, new. And then he comes back and plays Georgia and just looks awful against Georgia, his first game in Oregon. Okay. So I haven't seen anything good from Bo Nix. So I, I tune in the Colorado game this week and watch him. And I'm like, okay, wipe it clean, wipe it clean, wipe it clean. Recognize your own bias. Sideline throw, sideline throw, sideline throw. Side, I felt like I was watching a tennis match. Sideline throw, sideline throw. Throws one downfield, intercepted. I'm like, okay. I'm not going to say no, but I ha- I'm going to say I haven't seen seen enough. So something like mm-hmm. the senior bowl could be very good for him where yeah. he gets to show off over and over and over and over again, like legitimate quarterback play and not just Oregon Ducks. Score. That's no offense against Oregon. It works really well. They've got a lot of space. Yeah. yeah, Get the ball outside your playmakers, block for him, and let him go to work. It's just, That's not a shot at Oregon. It works. Mm-hmm. but you got to get them out of that offense in order to see how it would translate to the NFL. And it's, it's too tough for me to tell. So right now at nine top 10 for Bo Nix, I would say, hell no. Hopefully he goes, I really hope he goes to the senior bowl. Hell, he's going to be 24 moving on 25 years old. He's been around a while. Um, I would, uh, I'd love to see him there and come up with a, a you know, a more realistic pro evaluation on Bo Nix. Yeah, him and uh, Washington have older quarterbacks, but guys worth keeping an eye on. Uh, Michael Penix and Bo Nix, both probably senior bowl guys. Uh, Pac-12 has been amazing football this year. I mean, God, just all the quarterbacks. I'm excited. I mean, we got Oregon. Uh, excuse me, we got Colorado, USC this week. So, I mean, that'll be a fun one. Yeah, Bo Nix. Uh, shout out to him. Oregon. I think people are sleeping on their defense. Very good team, but uh, don't want to spend too much time on college football, though. That might end up being the theme of these shows, Scott. If the Broncos keep playing like they have been. Uh, Franklin Peterson comes in and said, this may seem dumb in the grand scheme of life in the world, but my heart is still broken after that performance Sunday. Don't know if I'll get over it. Franklin, it was definitely a kick, uh, repeated kick to the uh, nether region for the Broncos and Broncos country on Sunday. And, uh, you as a fan can feel any way you want about it. Um, that's, you know, that's your right. And I think time will probably give you perspective on this and there'll be another game Sunday and the sun will rise again, right? This is just a blip and it's a dark one, no doubt, but uh, you'll get over it, buddy. I, uh, I promise that, um, there'll be a new football to, uh, be scarred over. We have plenty of football games left this season to be scarred over with the Broncos. <laughs> Jay Roper coming in saying, I prayed for Caleb Williams before the season. No joke. I hope God answered, man, if we were getting big time philosophical today, but yeah, Caleb Williams, Scott, I gotta say, I am not in the I'm not letting myself get into Caleb Williams mindset for this team because I still think the coaching is too competent. And I think that it's uh one overall. I mean, the odds this, we went five overall last season and like, it can't get worse than that. Right. Like, I just, I guess it can, but <laughs> it's uh, I just, I, until we're like, you know, three weeks out and like the finish line is in sight. I'm not getting myself in the Caleb Williams headspace. We, we, we went through this exercise last week. You know, about, you know, personnel and or coordination, you know, defensive coordination or lack thereof. Mm. And I think we feel pretty good now. It's like, okay, both things can be true at the same time. You don't have enough talent to be a playoff caliber, Super Bowl contending caliber defense. 
and they could, but they still could have played it much better and played better or well enough to be two and zero. Those things could both be true. Fast forward another week, and now we feel like okay, the the defensive talent is still overrated, and the the coordination has gotten even worse. You know how we feel about the defensive coordinator has sunk to new levels, and you're talking about injuries, and now the guys who probably there's a lot of them out there that aren't we don't think are good enough anyway. Now they look like they've quit. Hmm. So if you've lost the team like that, no, the number one overall pick isn't out of the question, no matter what Sean Payton and the offense do. If that defense has quit on Vance Joseph, we'll know Sunday for sure. We know they quit in the Miami Dolphins game. That much I'm pretty sure of. Hmm. Then, then no, then then Caleb Williams, the number one overall pick, is is on the table. I, I mean, yeah. I feel like you're much closer to having Drake May or Caleb Williams than you are to winning eight games. Yeah, I think it's probably a team that's picking in the five to ten range at the end of the day. Uh, but we'll see. Um, this Bears game is going to be a big barometer if you want Denver to be even in close to that conversation. And Scott, I know he's not a quarterback, but I got I would have to lump him in there too. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a blue chipper in this class, and he would be. It's not a quarterback, but unbelievable to add. Yeah, but you, you have to, if you are one or two, you have to take one oh, of the two quarterbacks. Of course. Yeah, you have to. I am I am with you 100%. That's another conversation we can have, too. If you are sitting there, it's not that Russell Wilson's playing bad, but it's that you have to reset the contract in your window because your window, what's Russ right now, 34, 35? When is this team going to have enough talent to contend again? 36, 37, 38, 39? I mean, you're, you're out of the Russell Wilson window at that point. So you probably have to reset it if you have a chance at one of those quarterbacks, which is crazy <laughs> how fast how fast the things can change in the NFL and how worse can get or bad can get worse. But uh, good to see you, Jay. We always appreciate you coming in. Jeremy Sean says, morning, boys, just delaying the inevitable, talking about Vance Joseph. Yeah, possibly, probably. We'll see. Kevin Gray, morning, Nick and Scott. Big mile high salute to Broncos country. Good to see you. Um, always appreciate Kevin Gray coming in. We got U.S. Dave in the house and Buenos Dias compadres. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Collinwood saying, when was Vance Joseph ever considered a competent coach? He wasn't all that great when he was here before. I think the defense was pretty good when he was here, but they had a lot of talent. Um, and when you are a defensive coordinator, that's uh, that's a big deal for you, you know, being able to have talent. out. I think, Scott, we've talked about this before, and coaching, of course, always matters. But I think on the offensive side of the ball, scheme and the function of the offense, I think, is more credit to coaching the defense. I think on defense, while scheme is still a big part of it, uh, you listen to Wade Phillips talk about that 2015 Broncos team. They ran like four plays, five plays, <laughs> just different variations and disguises of it. But that's it. It's a do you have the horses kind of thing out there, in my opinion, for the defense for the most part. And then in, in, in the NFL, college yeah, is different because. No, I, I agree with that, period. Um, yeah. You know, and that's why, you know, when I when I first started scouting, I learned something from a high school kid. Um, when I was reporting on recruiting, I said, you know, which do you like playing better? He was a two way guy uh, running back probably an edge, you know, a 200 pound high school kid is can play edge in, in high school. He says, I like playing defense more. I was like, why? Nobody says that. He's like, because I control the game on defense. I can end the play myself. Um, where the offensive coordination is 10 times more on the college level. This I've always said, I'd rather have the coach than the quarterback. You know, I watched the Tennessee volunteers with all these really good quarterbacks. And I don't even remember all the names, but they they were still a sputtering offense because their offensive coordinator was terrible. 2003 Auburn Tigers had five first-round draft picks or thereabouts on offense. Took them three games to score a touchdown. They bring in Al Borges, who was okay. He was competent. And they go they go 14-0 with those same guys, just a year older. Um, so on defense, it's it, 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 the other part I'd put in there, it's, it's, not, it's the players, yes, but it's also the mentality. The player's mentality, you know, if, if you don't play with passion and emotion, anger, focus on defense, then it doesn't matter if you're Micah Parsons, Miles Garrett, you're going to get, you're not going to, you're not going to succeed. So that's where I question this, Nick, when we were talking about, you know, yeah. if they've quit is it's the mentality of this team. Forget the players. If they're, if they're not bought in, you hear that all the time. If they're not bought in and if they're not out there laying their bodies on the line in this game, Nothing else really matters. Yeah. And it was just a perfect, you know, storm of you know what on Sunday as well. The Dolphins are unbelievable right now. I mean, what they're doing with their run design and the pass design is uh, unbelievable. Uh, just really, really special stuff. Uh, they're working out down there in Miami with Mike McDaniel. And the Broncos lost their, I think we can say safely at this point, the backbone of the defense, the intelligence, the brain, uh, Justin Simmons and Josie Jewell. And once you lose both of those guys, I mean, you're taking out multiple Jenga pieces and they just fell immediately without the the backbone of the defense. Alex Singleton's missing plays, coverages. Can we stop with the Drew Sanders needs to play constantly conversation because he was horrible in this game? Not that he's going to be horrible for his career, but like 
he's not ready. Um, and uh, missing both those guys. I mean, just the integrity and the structure of the defense collapsed completely. So we'll see if those guys get back. And now we're at the point where, you know, 0-3, the team looks pretty rough. You see these dings and bruises take a little bit longer uh, for guys to get over, and rightfully so. Um, but why would you be, you know, busting your butt to get back out there when you aren't feeling 100%? You got to protect yourself and think long-term here. Same same with the Broncos with these guys. So uh, I don't know how many reinforcements you are going to be getting and how quickly you'll be getting them uh, this season now that it's already off the rails three weeks in. Yeah, and it seems like Joseph was only a defensive coordinator for one year before he took the head coaching job. Is that correct? Based on yeah, the, what I can see, he was only, he's only been a coordinator for one season before he was head coach with Denver. That's that's you know that's the Sean McVay thing. You know, <laughs> I don't remember when Sean McVay took over, but it was like, okay, we got to find that this guy did it at thirty. We got to go find a twenty-five year old. You know, the let's put in the towel boy at Michigan. You know, from the water boy, we had success mm-hmm. here. Let's see if we can replicate it. Um. So I don't know. You know, I know he had a little bit of success over at, uh, you know, a little bit of success with Miami enough to get him a head coaching job. But, but no, I, I, I don't have an answer for that. You know, uh, ended up being four years defensive coordinator, um, defensive coordinator with the uh, with Arizona Cardinals, and it's tough to really get a read on anybody with Arizona the last four years. Yeah. God, it's uh, not a lot of talent there, not but not a lot of talent here too um, on the defensive side, but. Uh... We'll see how it plays out. Troy Bauer, 1999, says, Hey, guys, finally watched the recorded game last night. Oh, once again, has success while the D regresses. I hope the defensive players have not lost faith. We're just talking about that. Need improvement like after the Rams game last year uh, to know who's good. Glad we have Chicago next. Yeah, there there will not be another 70-point game this season, but uh, I could imagine the efficiency and stuff still be pretty darn poor for the Broncos. I mean, it's just a three-game sample size, and that 70-game one weighs pretty heavily, but they're – like EPA per play is unbelievable on that one. I mean, freaking Miami scored 10 touchdowns. So it's, uh, <laughs> of course, it's going to be bad when you've only yeah, played. You're not going games. through long drives, Nick. Appreciate you, Troy. Um, yeah. Going back, you know, to the question about Drew Sanders and, you know, the back end of the defense and stuff, you know, you saw some of that on one of those Tyreek Hill where he just comes wide open. What happens? They run two deep crossing routes from opposite sides and they cross across the middle of the field. And Tyreek Hill, you know, it ends up being a little bit of a rub route as two guys follow one and, and Tyreek Hill comes off by himself. I mean, you got to have five seconds to, to mm-hmm. run that play, you know, so you shouldn't be able to run that play. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't even need defensive backs to defend that play. I should be able to get enough pressure on the quarterback than unless he, he gets out of there and, you know, but that was a design play. We know we can sit back here and take five seconds in protection and let this play develop. That, that's a problem, you know, and I don't know how much of that is Vance Joseph is going to fix when you send five guys and they're able to block them with five guys. And what are you going to do? I mean, at this point, I would be I would be playing, pre, you know, a, a form of prevent. I would drop I'd brush my front four. I would drop seven into a cloud coverage and hope to not give up big plays. And they overall, they did not really give up big plays against Miami, which is so crazy. I mean, you had the 54-yarder on the first drive. But other than that, I mean, it was just killing them. And I got to say, something we talked about on here a lot, and I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, Scott, but the edge setting from the Broncos and the tackling in space, uh, specific, I mean, pass rush is more valuable. But this one, the Miami Dolphins, looks like they 
targeted a weakness in the Broncos in terms of their outside linebackers ability to set the edge, the cornerbacks ability to tackle in space, the safeties coming down to Larry and Turner yell tackling. And, uh, they made, you know, Mostert and Devon a chain look like, you know, Bo Jackson and Barry Sanders, uh, cause the, they're just getting obliterated uh, up front in that it's not just the pass rush. They, they can't tackle or set the edge in run defense either. And that, I mean, you have to have an all systems failure to be that bad as they were on Sunday. But uh, that's one that I feel like we're not talking enough about the, the edge setting and the run defense on the perimeter was high school uh, level out there. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Now and it goes back. You can't be that bad and be giving good effort. It's just, it's impossible. You, you'll, you can't convince me otherwise that you are going all out with full belief in what you were doing with competent directions. You know, I don't want to hear, well, we just didn't execute. You know, normally you hear that on offense. You don't hear that on defense, but it's the same concept, Nick. We just didn't execute what Vance Joseph wanted us to do. No. You guys were in and out of position. You weren't getting off blocks. You weren't making tackles. You weren't staying with your men in the secondary. As you said, it was a total, complete, top-to-bottom system failure, which then goes, well, who's to blame? Well, Sean Payton. (laughs) Sean Payton is. It all comes down to him. Then to Vance Joseph. And then on down the line to the defensive coaches, all the way down to, I think... Fabian Moreau may have gotten two snaps all the way down to the last guy on defense. They, yep. It was a complete failure. Yep. And we'll see how short their memory is in this one. What is it? Ted Lasso be a goldfish. Um, it's you're not going to all of a sudden have amazing talent or coordination here, um, but uh, it's, it's got to get better than that. <laughs> Dr. Van Nostrand coming in. Good to see us as I hope the Broncos don't draft a quarterback unless they plan on sitting in for a while. Should trade back and stockpile as many picks as possible. They have so many holes in the roster that need to be filled. If you have a chance at a quarterback that you absolutely adore, even if you are not in the best situation for them right away, you take the quarterback because it is almost impossible, if not completely impossible, to go up and get that guy. The only way you're ever getting a Caleb Williams, an Andrew Luck, a Trevor Lawrence, is if you earn them by sucking that badly. And Caleb Williams, Drake May, both quarterbacks that are in that uh, as close to a can't miss as possible. Um, they obviously they're still prospects, so things happen. Um, but I think you take it and then you're thinking, we got this guy for the next 10 to 15 years. We got a coach in an offensive scheme that we trust as well, which I think even though you're lacking talent, you can trust him to protect him at least. Uh, so I think that if you have a chance at one of those top two quarterbacks in this class, you take it and you're resetting the timeline. Uh, I think you don't have a choice. Make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before NFL games and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kick it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure you got this adidas With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, and that's that's specific to these two quarterbacks that we're talking about that Nick and I both, it's not just Nick and I, come on, you know what I mean, that you're listening to Nick and I. We agree on the fact that these two guys are franchise caliber quarterbacks, high level prospects. If you don't think that, then absolutely you want to come out of that spot. You you want more picks. You want more players, more picks, more contract flexibility. You want all of those things, Doc. I agree. But to get a prospect of the caliber that you think these two guys can become, if you don't take them, it's it's incredibly expensive, damn near impossible to to do that. Um you know, we do Falcons podcasts. You can just look over at the Atlanta Falcons for exactly what we're talking about. Their roster is really good. They passed on the opportunity to take a quarterback, and now they're they're struggling. We'll see. If they hit on a third-round guy in Desmond Ritter, which is still very questionable, that's hitting the lottery. That's a, that's a cheat code, as, as Nick mm-hmm. likes to say. Scratch you can't count on that. You cannot count on getting a guy in the third round. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Brock Purdy. Well, look at Brock Purdy. With a small enough sample size, I can prove any point you want. I should be drafting quarterbacks in the sixth and seventh round, right, Tom Brady? I should be shopping, looking for guys stocking groceries for my Super Bowl MVP. That's where I should be looking for my quarterback, right, Kurt Warner? Um, Hi, playing the percentages, playing the percentages. If you've got a top two pick, you're taking quarterback. Absolutely yeah. taking quarterback this year. I will say there'll be if the Broncos do get the third overall pick, we will have a lot of interesting discussions mm-hmm. about what that because let's just assume it's two quarterbacks first. I might it might be a I might ask for a cost that is unfeasible for teams to come up and get Marvin Harrison Jr. If you, you know, make me a price or make me an offer, you I cannot deny uh, that kind of thing. But uh, that's uh, I, yeah, I think you probably reset it. And Doctor Van Nostrand comes in again, so they just don't want them throwing out a rookie and everything. Think it's going to fix everything. You have to put a rookie quarterback in a good situation or it can kill their confidence. I think, I mean, we've seen so far, let's just put the defense in the garbage here in a uh, self, you know, contained area offense this week. I mean, I still only put up 13 points, but this is such a weird game overall. I think the, the scheme, the designs and the specific infrastructure and insulation around Russell Wilson has been good this season. I would say that if we had the defense, we saw the first, eight weeks last year with what we've seen from the offense this year, you're talking about a 10 win team, 11 win team. I really truly do believe that. So I think that even though the defense needs a lot of work, offensive signings that they've had, they're going to have to take a little bit of a step back in talent, but I think that you can do enough with Sean Payton and some of these guys that you have here already uh, to protect a quarterback through that first year, year and a half, when you are probably still going to be bouncing off the floor a bit um, from where you are as a, roster building uh, a roster perspective yeah I, I agree and and again it's about not you, you can you can absolutely hurt the quarterback uh confidence you know trevor lawrence i think was in a pretty rough situation in jacksonville and he struggled he was protected justin fields you know we're ready to write him off but is it justin fields i don't know that for sure of uh, you know is it all on justin fields or would he be in, in a better situation somewhere else um you know, Bryce Young at Carolina is struggling. I think Anthony Richardson's gotten off to a good start. And I and a lot of it to me, Nick, has to do with the coaching around them. But mm-hmm. the Colts have a really a highly paid, high potential offensive line, 
a good running game and a good, good quarterback coach mm-hmm. in Shane Steichen. CJ Stroud, I was a little more worried about. You know, in Houston, defensive coach, et cetera, et cetera. Not a great roster. And he seems to be doing okay. Another one of those 49ers coaches coming down the lines uh, from that Shanahan tree, Bobby Slowick out there, the offensive coordinator at Houston. I'm guessing it'll be before long he's a head coach because everybody needs to get a little taste of that uh, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan tree. <laughs> Antoine coming in here saying we are the new Detroit Lions. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough right now and probably going to be a little rough still for the next few seasons, but uh, it's cyclical. You know, you can be down forever, but look at the Lions now. They are legitimately one of the best teams in the NFC, in my opinion, and uh, they tore it down and they got a bunch of picks right and uh, they're heading the right direction. So it can get right. It's just been the Broncos are in a really bad spot. Addison said if they have a top five pick, they have to get a quarterback. I don't think there are five quarterbacks worth top five picks, so it depends on who's there. Um, but that's kind of like where the you know Falcons were at a few years ago, picking four. It's like, oh, we like some of these guys. Maybe good in hindsight, you didn't get them in um, Wilson slash Lance. But uh, yeah, that's a uh, you got you can only pick from the board that's available to you when you're on the clock. Jamal Killings, good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. Greg Weaver saying, can VJ? Yeah, definitely sentiment there. It feels inevitable. Dom coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos country. Tim Durr's in the house. Good morning, Miguel. Uh, we got Quentin Caldwell in the house. Always good to see you. Um, Let loose saying, fire him. He is lame. Any good firing news, says Kevin. Yeah, Broncos country is ready for him to be gone. Clayton coming in saying, morning, guys. Smash that like button and share. What are we drinking for coffee this morning? Scott, I'm sure you are the same as me drinking Lion Coffee out here. Our uh, big supporter, Patrick. I love the macadamia and vanilla one. So good. Yeah, Lion Coffee out there in Hawaii. Patrick is a fellow suffering Broncos fan. There you go. Evidence. It's not just water. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, drinking Lion Coffee. So good. He keeps us caffeinated, and we really do appreciate that. I mean, God, it's unbelievable how much of a benefactor (laughs) that Lion Coffee has been for these morning shows. Albert Knopper saying good morning, y'all. Hope you're doing well. Joey coming in saying fire Peyton. Something we haven't even talked about yet on here, Scott. Uh, but I mean, he's the one who, in my opinion, oh, Vance did. Joseph, we did a lot yesterday, right? Yesterday, the yes. show off. Yeah. Yes. But not today um, is Peyton's. I mean, is there any chance that Peyton is back next season? No, no, he's uh he's a lame duck right now. Um, He's, he's just there. Um, You know, and I've seen some questions in here. It's like, you know, why fire him? He's, he didn't have any control. He didn't do any over this. I'm like, okay, well, you just kind of answered your own question. Why have him there then? You know, if, if he's if he's a lame duck, why is he there? What exactly do you do here? Yeah. Um, we've got his fingerprints over the moves that have led into some of this these things. But, you know, I'm not convinced how involved he was with the hiring of Sean Payton. And I'm not sure how convinced he is that with the moves that Sean Payton has made, other than these are my recommendations, coach. Sean Payton's a general manager of this team. That's a problem. That that is, it's a conflict of interest. It's two totally different skill sets. They always let the coaches hire their other coaches. That that's pretty universal. I'm not sure how good an idea that is. Also, there's a lot of cronyism that goes on goes on in there, Nick. Um, yeah. And you might not always be getting a good look at some of the up and coming minds. There's a lot of football that gets played around this country. There's some bright people out there. Why does it seem like we're always recycling the same names? Cronyism. Not not just nepotism, unless you're uh, in Iowa with the Ferences, but uh, the cronyism is the uh, the word of the day for sure on that one. Yeah, it's uh, a bit Peyton's time is coming. The one thing that's really weird about this is that let's say the Broncos do lose at the Bears, it's fire sale time 
Uh, and do, are you having Peyton negotiate the moves when he is probably on his way out at an 0-4 team and losing to Chicago? Do you have somebody else in the building? I mean, do you move on from him right then? Do you make the moves and then fire him? I mean, it's such a weird position because, I mean, it just you, I don't know if he's walking around, you know, here, dead, dead man walking kind of thing going on with him and a few of these guys already three weeks in. It's God, how are we here again, Scott? It's unbelievable. I looked Michael. it up last night because um, I, don't, I don't remember if it was Troy or who it was, um, but on the on, with a super chat last night and talking about Mame and Keith, Keith Brugman. Anyway, one of our great community members was talking about with these players, this is what you can save with little to no dead cap. Um, and it was Cortland Sutton, Justin Simmons, Garrett Bowles, Randy Gregory, DJ Jones was on the list. Yep. Josie Jewell. And I felt Josie like there was one more. So that's six. And then Alex. No, not Alex. Ingle, that was six. And if you just. Oh, Tim Patrick. That was the one. He wasn't on the list because he's he's listed yeah. differently. With those seven guys and their contracts, if you were to just flat out cut them, uh, Jewel's a free agent, so he comes off anyway. Yeah. Uh, if you were to just flat out cut them, there would be $100 million in cap savings against a $25 million dead cap hit, $75 million in cap savings. The problem is, is a good chunk of that gets eaten up by guys that are still on contract that are very unflexible. Mike mm -hmm. McGlinchey, Russell Wilson are two big ones. Uh, Jerry Judy is guaranteed next year at 12, 13, but there's 75 million right there. And if you can move any of that, any, if you can get seventh round picks and $3 million for six players at 25 becomes seven in dead cap, you know, so mm -hmm. you can get some of that money back. If you can make a trade, that's a fire sale. A fire sale is everything must go. We don't really care what we get from it. We just, they've got to go. So if you get down to the, it's got to go. You're talking $75 million in available cap space. And you also have a question about, uh, you know, the Russell Wilson contract too. He's not the problem right now in Denver. He's, I think he's playing top 12, top 10 quarterback level. He's getting paid top five. He paid more than top 10, but still he's been more than adequate. Uh, but you have to make a decision on him and it's a fifth day of the league year next year. Then it's like a two year contract that kicks in. So he's, we'll see what happens. He's played his way back into a market, Nick. You think that as we talked about that a potential yeah. trade where you eat some of the cap, but well, maybe... you'd have to eat almost all of it. You'd still you'd still take a dead cap, but let's say his base salary for 2024 is only 17 million dollars. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's not much. I mean, you know, no. for a, 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 I'd have to look it up, but I bet 17 is in the 15 to 20 range for pay. No. So if I'm the Atlanta Falcons, 
I send you, I'll take 17, I'll take his salary off your hands at $17 million and I'm going to send you a fourth. You probably consider it in the, the clean reset on that one. And I would consider it as the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. So yeah. you'd, you'd, you'd absolutely consider that you're getting some money back. You're getting a draft pick back out of it that he's playing his way into a market. Again, the contract is so bad that if you move on from him, you're going to take a huge dead cap either way, but that 80 then drops down to 60 mm-hmm. for, you know, the, the, the dead cap number, which helps that's, that's good. And good morning, Michael. Appreciate you coming in yeah. early, but yep, if there's you, any good side, <laughs> there's any bright side of this is that Russell Wilson has played his way into a market again mm-hmm. for 17 million of his base salary for 2024. Yeah. And he, he's not been the issue on here. Um, you know, the offense still only put up 13 points this week, but it's such a weird fluky game. I'm not going to take too, too much away from that, from the offense. Uh, he's been playing more than adequate. Somebody out there would, would love to have him uh, without a doubt. And it's not that he's wrong. And I think the Broncos have to get rid of him because he's so terrible, but it's, it's again, it's more so how the, the direction of the team and the roster aligns with Russell Wilson's age. I just can't imagine them building the roster around him in time to take advantage of the next two seasons after this one. I just, no. I, and things turn change quickly in the NFL. I know that, but you're so devoid of talent. I don't know how that happens. And I, I don't know. No, to your point, Nick, this is why it, he, he's got to go. It, it's just not, it has nothing to do with his, oh, it's Russell Wilson's fault. Forget that. It, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Look around him. Look at where this team is. Next year, he'll be 36 years old and have a 35-5 cap hit. The year after that, 2025, he'll be 37 years old and have a 55.5 million cap hit. You can't extend him or restructure because then you're pushing more money into his 40s. Into his 40s. That's why yeah. you, you've got to move on from Russell Wilson as soon as you can because the the team the team around him. Whether you think it's he's the guy or not, it's it's irrelevant. Yeah. It's about yeah. the money and where the team is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mark McDonald comes in and says, the fact that the Broncos aren't firing Vance Josephs makes me think they are purposely tanking. What are the reason? Is there not to fire him? It's because when you fire somebody in the season with a coaching staff, you are pretty, you've pretty much already made your bed for the year. And what you're doing is you're making things a lot harder on the coaching staff and players that are already there and spreading them even thinner. So uh, that's the argument uh, for not doing it. Also, the other argument is you're three weeks in. Can you imagine what the admittance of failure and just incompetency that would be on the head coach who hired Vance Joseph as well to his staff to fire him only after three weeks? So those are the reasons, trying to save a little face, trying to uh, hopefully protect the guys in there. I could see the Broncos, you know, maybe diminishing some of Vance Joseph's role or bringing somebody else uh, up or in uh, to help as well. But uh, I'm also not saying that they shouldn't fire Vance Joseph. I mean, when you see a game like that, somebody needs to be accountable. It can't just be like, oh, shucks. Yeah, you know, this isn't like college football and it's, you know, no offense, but like a team like, I don't know, Idaho going up against Alabama and they're getting like absolutely obliterated. Like 70 to 20 makes sense for Idaho versus Georgia or something mm-hmm. like that. But for the NFL, unacceptable. So if they fired somebody, I wouldn't fault them, but I also understand the real human and logistical reasons for still keeping him on staff, even though it it probably is inevitable that he's out of here. 
Mark, appreciate the big stars coming in. You came in huge last night for us. Thank you for all the support. Hell yeah, Mark. And, and I don't know, but purposely, Tang, I just start thinking morale. You know, if I'm working in this company and I see they bring in a guy and only give him three weeks and fire him, my, I'm looking over my shoulder and frankly, I'm sending out resumes. You know, I know mm -hmm. if like, oh, if I have, you know, a bad week, I'm going to get fired too. I don't want to be here. So mm -hmm. trying to show some belief, I guess, without throwing in the towel, I don't, I don't worry so much about, oh, just trying to save face. I'm, I'm, I'm too afraid to admit when I'm wrong. I, I think it's trying to just salvage something. Mm -hmm. um, can you salvage this? Can you keep the morale and the staff up? Now, as soon as you see, as soon as you are convinced that the players are not playing for this guy, then it's then it's over. And a lot of us feel that way after the Miami game. That's why this this Broncos this Broncos Bears game is is going to be so important to the personnel moves and the administrative moves that could happen over the next couple of days. I mean, not days, but you know, I mean, ten days. Yeah, yeah. So. We'll see. I think it's too early to talk about tanking, but you know, you're talking the end of the season, three games left and you're in position there and a couple wins puts you at, you know, pick <clears throat> eight, but a couple losses puts you at pick one or two or three. Um, then you probably need to be thinking business decisions there. Um, I don't, but we're too far away from that finish line to even have that uh, converse or have that real conversation right now. So uh, it's going to be interesting to follow. Uh, no doubt. Broncos are bad, but uh, not boring right now. Naj coming in saying either the players quit second time in the past six games or the talent is not NFL worthy. I don't know if it's mutually exclusive Naj, but uh, yes, there is on, this is on Sean Payton. Got to get the correct name in there for the audio folks. Uh, his arrogance is fuel for opponents. He picked that 300 million of free, free agents and appears has lost the locker room in three weeks. Shake my head. It could be Sean Payton. I smack my head. Yeah, there we go. Um, it could be Sean Payton is the issue here. I'm curious to see what happens now that it's gone so poorly and he'll probably get even more power with uh, George Payton out and whoever he brings in here. The dynamic that's different is that you have the Walton Penner group who is definitely uh, truly in charge here in Denver. But yeah, it's um, if we're talking about, you know, the team still looking this bad, you know, a year from now, uh, we'll see what the roster looks like between now and then if they completely tear it down, we'll have a little bit of a different discussion. But uh, yeah, Sean Payton is definitely not absolved of blame. But the reason you're not hearing a lot of conversation about him right now is because you are definitely stuck with him for at least the next year, year and a half. I mean, trading for him, the contract he gave, you're going to get and for what he did with the Saints, too. You're going to give him uh, a chance to turn this around. But uh, this early results are pretty damn poor, of course. Well, I mean, let's let's look at this, Nick, you know, and because, as you said, it's not necessarily mutually exclusive. Either the players have quit or the talent is not NFL worthy those aren't mutually exclusive. If I'm looking mm -hmm. at the the defense that I'm going to be throwing out there and that was out there against the, uh, the Miami dolphins and who I'm going to face with the bears, Jonathan Harris. No DJ Jones. Yes. As far as NFL guys, Zach Allen. Yes, but he's not playing very well right now in a new situation. Randy Gregory. No, he's a situational at best. Drew Sanders. No, not yet. Josie Jewell is out. Justin Sternod, no. So there's three out of five. Alex Singleton, yes. Jonathan Cooper, backup. Damari Mathis, no. Kareem Jackson, no. Delarian Turner Yell, no. Pat Sertan, no. I got eight to three. I got eight to three on guys that shouldn't be NFL starters on your defense right now. Yep. Not good. Prove me wrong. I mean, 
they got to prove us wrong on that. You know what I mean? It's like, we, we talk about this a lot. Oh, it's the same guys that are out there as the beginning of last year. Well, one, you didn't face anybody near the caliber of the Miami dolphins last year. And no, it's not, it's not the same guys that are out there last year. You're you've, you've replaced, you know, two thirds of your front three. Uh, Randy Gregory has been a disaster for this team. He's been a disaster. You want to make a statement? Cut his ass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the very least, you want to talk about going out there and not giving at least in week two, I was seeing him make hustle plays. He can't get off a block for nothing. But yeah. at least he gets He's a lot terrible. of chase down plays. He gets a lot of backside guys, some some coverage sacks. Some I'm swinging around from the backside and I, t- I tackle a running back. He's he's athletic as hell. He's just he's he can't get off blocks. Nick Benito is very similar, uh, except Randy Gregory can at least hold his ground a little better. Nick Benito doesn't get off blocks, and if it's a running play, he gets pushed backwards. Jonathan Cooper, he's okay. He's a good rotation guy, but I don't want him starting. Mm-hmm. So it is. There's there's a multi. It's so easy to say fire Vance Joseph because it, it makes you feel better to think if I make one change, everything will be all right. It's not that easy. No. Yeah, it's not. So yeah, it's a. Uh going to be interesting to see but yeah Peyton not a lot of blame right now but it's it's coming um so hopefully it'll be good um we'll see how uh hopefully it'll be improved we got Tyler coming in saying morning gents my question is how do you get the players to play with heart after the coaches have lost them this is the NFL and they are real quick Tyler's got some stars I want to come back to him okay Uh, I thought I counted Sertan I counted you counted him as one of the pluses. Yeah, I was, I was like, there's no way I didn't. I mean, I mean, there is a way I didn't. There's no way I meant that. I, I didn't mean yeah. that, but I, I thought I came up with three guys. There were DJ Jones. I would say four. I put Alex Jewel Singleton. Yeah. And Pat Sertan. And I think Zach Allen is one. He just hasn't played there yet. He hasn't played that yeah. way yet. And Simmons was out and probably. Yeah, might Simmons was out. Too. You know, yeah. so Simmons is out. So Jewel again, the out. defense that you're throwing out there right now. How many NFL guys do you have out there? NFL starters. I love the war stat. Wins against replacement. Average NFL guys. How many do you have out there right now? Three. That's bad. Yep. Not great. Typically, most teams. Tyler. Most teams probably have nine, right? Because you're talking average out there. So it's a. And the depth is terrible, too. I mean, that's one thing that's really been exposed here. It's the same team as last year. Well, you're already really banged up. Uh, up front and you've replaced, you know, Draymond Jones for Zach Allen. That's been a downgrade. Uh, Bradley Chubb for Randy Gregory, who missed early last year. That's been a big downgrade, even though we like to, you know, give Bradley Chubb a hard time around here, but that's been a downgrade. Ronald Darby for Demari Mathis. That's been a downgrade uh, pretty much across the board. It's gotten worse. DJ Jones is playing worse this year. Uh, you're out with Simmons already. Cream Jackson, a year older. I mean, it's I can target it is, one guy. Yeah. You know, if I got DJ Jones and he's the only one I have to worry about among your front five, I can handle him. Yeah, he's not a difference maker. He's a good complimentary player. You'd like him to be your eighth best guy in your defense, not your, you know, what what is he right now? Your second best, your third best. Uh, so that's not great. Um, Tyler's comment here says a uh, question is, how do you get your players to play with heart after coaches have lost them? These guys are professionals. This isn't, you know, high school or college ball. They should be out there playing for, you know, protecting themselves and playing for themselves. They, they want out there and put out good tape. Too. I mean, this is their livelihood. So if you have guys in there that can't even come in and have enough self-respect to play for themselves and their career and do the best job they can, then that's a totally different uh, issue entirely. You're targeting uh, soft individuals 
uh, in that case. I don't know. I don't, I don't put as much as far as the playing with heart on the coaching. I think it, it's a lot player to player. I mean, and how many guys do you actually have that, have that, or have that fire within, but I mean, coaching is also an issue, but I just, I think a lot of people, like you mentioned, Scott, and we've talked about it a lot on here. Oh, if we fire Vance Joseph, everything will be back to normal. No defenses change quick. NFL change quick. And you don't have the horses. You can fire Vance Joseph. you might feel better for a bit. And then you see the defense out there next week and they're giving up 50 again. They're still going to suck. Yeah, there's again, it's, it's, it's not that easy. And that's where we we've talked about for 18 months. If it goes bad in 2023, these contracts are set up to hit the nuke button and start over. And th- that's the, that's the track we're on. It's going to take a massive turnaround. Um, I saw um, we were, when we were talking about coordination here, I, th- I started this comment for Jeremy and willing to come back to it because I thought it was a very good, a good comment as far as, you know, the most penalized defense, whose fault is that? It's not always on the coordinator on this. If guys are getting whipped, they foul, <laughs> you know, I'm beat. I'm grabbing, you know, I'm defensive holding. This guy's got me whipped. I have to hold on. Uh, I've gotten beaten. I can save a touchdown. I got to knock him down for pass interference. So it's not always, again, part of this, it, it's it's not all just one thing. Part of the answer to this question, Jeremy, could be that it's it's the players who aren't good enough that are having to try and get away with things in order to make up for the fact that they they can't compete at this level. Yeah. And you know what's crazy, too? We're so down in the dumps on this team right now, but you have two very winnable games coming up here against the Bears and the Jets. It could be two and three here in two weeks like that. I mean, it really could. The offense is doing enough maybe – you know, don't get not don't want to get embarrassed again out here like we saw the Broncos this week. I mean, you're two and three. That's then you play the Chiefs, Packers, Chiefs, and the Chief, the Packers actually look like they have something there in Jordan Love. I'm so sorry for all my Bears fans, friends out there, but uh, it could be you know just like that. We're we're dragged right back in. What's the quote? I mean, just when I thought I was out, you dragged me back in. <laughs> um, that could be the Broncos here if they beat the Bears and beat the Jets. So right now it's definitely we are as low and dark in this as possible, but it's only 0 and three and you have games still to be played. It's a 14 game season. It could be a completely different team by the end. I don't see the talent. And that's something we talked about specifically on defense to begin with. So I don't know how much difference even coaching can make. I mean, you put who's the best defensive coach ever bill Belichick, let's say just the best defensive mind. Maybe let's you put him back there. Defense is still probably given up 50 last week. Uh, so I don't know. It's going to be pretty tough. Cause I just don't, it's a, it's a talent issue as much as anything. Orange Bucky. Thanks. Maybe the Broncos will be like uh, the Cleveland Indians in, in the movie Major League and Tom Berenger come out and says, when every freaking game. All right, we're going to have to... Jeremy will help me out with this one, though. The problem with that was Lou Brown's Indians had just gone on a streak and it just pushed to 500. I think there were 60 and 62 at the time. It says, it's starting to come together, Pepper. It's starting to come together. And that's when the assistant GM came down and told him, I know you guys are playing great. Rachel Phelps will never let this happen. So while they were playing great, Jake Taylor says there's only one thing left to do, win the whole effing thing. This team's on the wrong end of that right now. The arrow's pointing in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. That major league team was on their way up, yeah. and they came together. Good idea, <laughs> but a little different circumstances. We'll see what happens uh, with the uh, the games coming up. We still got fourteen to go. Twice, yeah, that's a good one. I I like Major League Two as well. Um, I didn't see that one. Okay, I didn't even watch it. I saw like parts of it, but I didn't. Sometimes, 
sometimes with movies, they're the premise of them and stuff is so good and so original that the originality is what makes it so good that it's like I don't need to see a copy of this. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't see Caddyshack two either. I didn't see that one either. Uh, man, first one. So good. Maybe we'll start if the Broncos start getting so bad, we'll start uh, reading the Caddyshack uh, manuscript here or something. Uh, like in the worst looking hat I ever saw. <laughs> Looks good on you, though. God, what a good movie. Jesse Fraley coming in. $10. Thank you so much, Jesse. I don't see a comment here from Jesse. So just the uh, the no comment dropping in support. God bless you, Jesse. We really do appreciate that coming in here. And it's the last, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes we have here. Uh, Scott, is there any way in heck that the Broncos can turn this around? And I guess, yes, there is a way, but is there any way that you can possibly see it happening that the Broncos turn this around enough on defense that not only is uh, defense playing better and, you know, everything, but Vance Joseph is back. This Going next. into the Miami Dolphins game, we said, "Why? yes, it's it's possible. Stranger things have happened. You can go in. It's not completely out of the question that you go in and win this game. And then we saw we saw the Colts go into Baltimore and upset them. We saw Houston put a pretty good whooping on Jacksonville, and I'm pretty sure that was in Jacksonville. We saw the Cardinals beat a pretty good Dallas Cowboys team. Yeah. We saw the Denver Broncos lay down, literally lay down against the Miami Dolphins. Why it was so dangerous to start off 0-2 was because 0-2 could turn into 1-7 and in a hurry. One game at a time. That's all you can focus on right now. Hmm. Can you beat the Bears? We're talking 31-32. and 32. It's a clash of the ages. The, the, the movable object meets the resistible force on Sunday. And that's a battle for maybe we can salvage something versus, okay, we're, we're picking number one overall. Yeah. So we'll see one game at a time. And right now I'm not sure you can beat the bears. Yeah. I mean, Chicago's what we saw with the Broncos run defense in this game. I didn't even mention this, but uh, I know everybody was excited in preseason with the uh, saying Bassey coverage plays, but I always had questions about the physical gifted nature of him. And my God, did Mike McDaniel and that run game have a saying Bassey in hell this week, uh, trying to tackle in space. Just, I mean, not good. Uh, at some point you feel bad for the players because they're just so outmatched. Uh, and that was one of the cases on that one. So Quan Williams to saying Bassey, massive drop off in the run game. We talked about it on here, Scott. I mean, I don't listen to other folks so much because I don't want to be you know biased in our analysis, but we talked about losing Quan Williams and what it would mean for the run defense in nickel. And I got to say, I was not even, I couldn't even have fathomed that the drop off that we saw this week from the edge defense and space and tackling. But, uh, and to the point of that, the Bears struggling passing the ball. I'm curious if you see them get back to what they did last season, a little bit more quarterback, quarterback power, quarterback run, zone options, and really target the Broncos' edge run defense uh, because, my God, they were an abomination uh, this last week against the Dolphins. Yeah, Kawan Williams, and I didn't say this. I meant it when I said it. It was – um What's the word I'm looking for? It's not hyperbole. It was not hyperbole when I said it. He was your mm -hmm. best run edge defender last year. He really mm -hmm. was. He was better than any of your, the, the outside linebacker slash edges you had that are 240 plus pounds. Yep. Um, that's still a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that he was your number one edge defender was a problem. Yeah. And man, did you, I mean, he wouldn't have made a difference in this game, <laughs> maybe a touchdown or something, but like, you just see at some point you take, you're taking on too much water. Jules, no, and it, it filters down, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, I take him in. Then I've got to move someone else in. Now I'm, 
you know, would a same Bassey be better, you know, over here or, you know, would Damari Mathis be better over here? Now I'm moving places around and, and, you know, we talk about, okay, would it, would it make sense to move this offensive lineman Quinn Miners to center? Well, there's no guarantee that that's going to be a lot better. And you just pretty much for sure weaken your right guard position, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it has a ripple effect on there. Nosh, the ripple effect for supporting us is, uh, is awesome. Never thought in my life we would be the worst team in NFL history. Well, I don't think you're there yet. If we see these guys lifeless versus the Bears and lose by 30 points, then you might be there, Naj. We should be calling any team who would trade for Peyton <laughs> the Chargers and move on. Thoughts? Try and recoup some draft uh, draft picks for your head coach in season? That would be... Uh, Ballsy. New. Interesting. That yeah. would be uh, innovative. It would be unprecedented is the word I'm looking for. I need some more coffee. My brain's stuck like right here. Yeah, that's okay. It is Tuesday morning. Hyperbole. It's these too many like three, four syllable words. I'm a public these, school guy. What am I thinking? These eggheads, right? God, this is fools. No, it's just it's just football. Yeah, I uh, maybe we'll see what happens in the offseason. I think that Peyton has a pretty long leash here in Denver unless something, you know, off the field happens uh, for him. But yeah, they're going to give him another offseason to kind of figure it out here. The real question will be, the juxtaposition. How's that for another big word? Cronyism, juxtaposition. We're, we're getting it in today. Uh, Sean Payton's always been, you know, a gear up and go for it kind of coach, seems like. And we saw that this offseason, too. Oh, the Broncos going to be good? Well, they're spending like they think they're going to be good, spending the most money, uh, guaranteed money in the league this year. And here are the results. Can Sean Payton, the coach, step back and be the head man for a rebuild? Because that's what this team needs. No, this is, you know, putting a bandaid on a stab wound at this point. You know, this is, you need to get the cap right, get rid of a lot of these contracts, get rid of the losing culture. A lot of these guys, it's not really all their fault, but, you know, you need a clean sweep, uh, reset the cap, reset your assortment of draft capital, uh, your war chest there, not trading up in the draft for guys and making it so that you have less picks because guess what? All the defensive issues right now, a lot of that probably can be pointed to lack of, uh, hitting depth draft draft picks because uh, we're, you know, backup, 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 and they show they can't play. That's sometimes the case with fifth rounders, six rounders, but if you have more picks, better odds of hitting that better depth. Uh, so I, I'm curious to see how that dynamic works. Cause Sean Payton, ever since he was in new Orleans, it was, you know, the dead cap, the void years we're going for it. Crazy stuff because we're in our window. Denver's not in their window. Can he be a coach of a team that is an obvious rebuild? rebuild. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what they, that's what they need. I mean, they, they, you have to tear off the bandaid. Yeah. Th- the trade for Peyton, that'd be, that'd be nice to be able to recoup that Naj. Thank you. And, and I hope you saw last night. I'm pretty sure you were there. Um, you're number one, dude, on the, the super chat rankings. Number one, numero uno hmm. with, uh, with about five days left to go. And this certainly isn't going to hurt your case. Rob coming in and says, good morning, Nick and Deacon Scott. I'm a huge Peyton fan, but at what point do people sour on him? It's it started. There's, there's some curdling going on right now. Uh, can he do no wrong for the whole year? Two years? No, he's not. Again, he's he's an arrogant jerk, which is fine when he's your arrogant jerk. You love him for it. Uh, y'all have loved him for it, but that that wears off quickly when you're over, mm-hmm. over three. Um, so you got to be able to back that up, otherwise you're just a, you know a deluded jerk that mm-hmm. doesn't play very well. You know. You start taking shots at reporters, they'll turn on you quick. Yeah. Um, so 
no, it's it's got to start getting better. He's gonna he shows some humility. Usually, when he says something that's a little terse on one day, he comes back and softens it the next. So, at what point do people sour on him? It started already, Rob. It, it it has. It's it's absolutely started already. You didn't mind him going after Nathaniel Hackett when you were, you know, going to be two and one after three games, but now you're worried about them coming in and embarrassing you, and and that makes you feel bad as a Broncos fan. It started, Rob. Yeah, and he's made it harder on himself, and I'm not saying that he should have done it differently, but from the very beginning, he's come in and been, been a closed door to local media uh, and, you know, been a little bit coarse with local media as well. But, you know, all these open access stories and these really good things for the national media reporters that come in. So I think the local media is a little bit jaded uh, by him for his approach uh, this offseason, you know, not really being open to them, but open to everybody else walking through there. And that's going to make it harder on him as well, because, you know, who's asking him the questions week after week in these losses? The local media and those press conferences and conference calls. So it's it can be more importantly, you know, who else? The ownership group, Greg Penner, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and George Payton might just be sitting there going, "I told you you should have done this. I told you you shouldn't have done that. You should have listened to me." He's going to get a nice payout, and he'll move on, and he'll be employed somewhere pretty quickly too. That's the thing is, at that level, you know, I saw it was a different sport. I felt bad for this manager because of this dude. He got thirty million dollars for six months' work. I don't feel yeah. too bad for him. Uh, you know, and, and that that was also when we were talking about the penner money is you don't want it to be just a monetary decision or these are the kind of results you can end up getting with people looking to cash in, yeah. which is another reason you, you make some guy. I'm not paying off your contract right now. You're going to suffer with the rest of us. There's another reason you don't make that fire, Nick, on Vance Joseph. Uh, Thomas Seha coming in. He says, I've been really curious. What do you realistically think the talks in the facility has been the last two days. This was embarrassing on every level. I think it's a great question, Thomas. I think there's been some closed door meetings. Um, I'm sure that Thomas, that, uh, that, that Penner, Greg Penner has met with, uh, with Sean Payton. I'm sure there's been some closed door meetings with the, with the coaching staff, obviously, but for the mm -hmm. most part, I think it's denial. It's watch the film, flush it, onto the Chicago bears. I think, I think it's almost like an injury. We want to pretend it never happened because we don't want to think that it can happen to us. Can't happen again. We don't want to will it into existence. I think there's been some denial going on. And then there's some mm -hmm. other guys who are thinking who are, you know, planning their next move on their phone yeah. with their agents. Get me out of here. Yeah. Going to be interesting. Thank you so much, Thomas. This is a name I don't recognize for the uh, super chats coming in. So Thomas Seja. You'd remember that beard, Nick. Yeah, I we would remember. That's a that's a good looking face. I like that face. Uh, <laughs> quoting, uh, it's a wonderful life there. It's, it's almost Christmas time, right? We got to get through Halloween first. Um, saw an interesting JoJo. Channel won't tell you the truth. They're afraid Denver office will shut them out. It's all biased and scripted. Careful what you say. Ownership group is listening. <laughs> I just had to get a good laugh in. Oh, um, Jojo. Or is that Ho-Ho Cano? Jojo, this yeah. won't tell you the truth. They're afraid Denver will shut you out. I, I'm not credentialed, dude. I'll say what I want. We, yeah. we just took a shot at Peyton. We just took a shot at, at, at both Peytons, the whole yeah. team, Gregory. And you're out of your mind. Yeah. What, also, what truth are you looking for here? Goodness gracious. Also, it is all biased. We're all biased. Bias yeah. is what makes up who we are. Nobody yeah. is unbiased. Nobody. Bias is what personality is. 
also Good if this gracious, is dude. if this is scripted we are definitely the trickle down from like the uh sag the writer's strike writer strike is is hitting <laughs> us hard because it's it's uh this isn't getting good yeah the writers are like, god they're gonna close me out dude i live in atlanta yeah i, I live in i live in atlanta they're, what are they gonna shut me out they're gonna shut me out of, of uh dove valley look out Get yeah my the only on way the wall. my, my the picture on they, the wall <laughs> Only thing they could do would be Lord, uh, making us not watch the games, you know, losing access to the watching the games. Cause that's what we're doing. You know, we talked to some people here and there, but not to the point where we're worried about uh, any sort of relationship there. Biggest, you know, who holds us accountable? Well, Scott and I, each other, but also you guys right. um, in the chat, not the team, not any of that. Uh, we're still going to be here. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it'll be interesting to follow, but yeah, pretty, uh, Pretty fun uh, to get out of here. Now, I don't know. There's plenty that you can criticize us about, but that one is kind of a funny one because we're we're definitely not sunshine rainbows. There's plenty when you when you're as bad as the Broncos have been, everybody's covered in shit, and uh, that's unfortunately the case in Dove Valley right now. Smelling a little bit more like Greeley uh, out there in Dove Valley. I'm sorry if you live in Greeley. I know that's a uh, cattle area that can smell a little bit interesting. But uh, Scott, final question before we wrap it on up here. The over-under on the week, Vance Joseph is fired. Oh, man. It's so we- It feels like it could be week to week. But that said, you feel like if it lasted this – if he lasts this week, he'll last the season. I could see Last something. Monday? Week 18? Monday? So you think after the Bears game? I just think – we say it before how much, you know, it can't really get any worse. If he survived the Dolphins game, right now I feel like if he survived the Dolphins game, he'll survive the season. Yeah. Week 18, Black 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 Friday, Black Monday. Yeah, it's I think there's a good chance to survive the season. The only thing that makes me think that things could be different there would be if you do want to see a Marcus Dixon or a Christian Parker in a small sample size uh, towards the end. So like the last yeah. five weeks, then maybe that's in turn. Yep. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I can't see a massive turnaround right now. And the other dark thing is, you know, let's say you do lose this week because the defense again in your own four, I guess you just get him out because you need to figure out something else going on there, but uh, you're not really going to shake things up too much where it's going to make a difference. Uh, so Ken and HB with the beautiful dog face there. That's a, that's a good looking dog. Says, uh, what about picking up Darren Hall, ex-Falcon, now an Indies practice squad? Scott should know whether he would fit. Uh, is Darren Hall the former Northern Iowa cornerback? That name stands out to me. I couldn't remember where he went. Um, he was a, you know, a, a, he was a decent, decent round pick, second or third round pick. Played a lot of games for Atlanta. Um, he, he's a, he's a significant upgrade over Fabian Moreau. That much I will guarantee you. Uh, could you sign him and put him in there? Yeah, he'd be he would be better than what Damari Mathis has been playing. Again, the the we're talking the low low hanging fruit here, but for my my fifty three, I, I could take him. I would sign him from Indy's practice squad and put him out there and let him play. He can play nickel. He and he would he'd be a better corner right now than than Damari Mathis is, and maybe let him move around some. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a that's a decent shout. You could you could do worse than Darren Hall. Yeah, absolutely. An army mom. This town needs an enema. Town needs an exorcism <laughs> for sure. Army mom, see your comments. And you also see Peter coming in saying number one receiver, Marvin Mims. That's another thing we could talk about. Uh, Mims has been great. We haven't mentioned him once uh, today, but he's been, uh, 
he's been good in the small sample size. And you're talking about uh, bringing in Caleb Williams to a dysfunct team. Well, at least he'll have a deep threat to get to. Uh, and that's something to build on. So uh, it's, you know, it's the team isn't completely, completely devoid of talent. Uh, but man, they're a ways off from a legitimate team. Patrick Goltzi coming in saying, Aloha, my coffee brothers. Patrick, Aloha means hello and goodbye. And that's a perfect time for us to get out of here, too. Thank you so much. We were hyping you up earlier um, for your coffee supplies. Uh, we appreciate you so much, so much. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Mile High Huddle as well as BFB underscore pod. If you haven't done so yet, join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe to our show over on YouTube, Mile High Huddle. Like this specific show right now, building the Broncos, talking about Vance Joseph today, and share it on your social media platform. Uh, obviously, it's a weird time again in Broncos country with how fast things have gotten off the rails, but uh, we're going to continue to be here and uh, exercise those demons and talk football, building, building the team, where to go from here, answer all your stuff. So uh, if you have anything that we didn't get to or any comments or critiques, hit us up on Twitter. I, we always appreciate hearing from you guys. And again, this is, we're not doing this show just for ourselves. We're not doing the show. Cause we you know Scott's not even a Bronco fan or anything. It's we're here because my content machine goes and you guys are uh, driving the show as well. So uh, appreciate okay. everyone. Ahead, and Nick, from a, from a team building perspective, this could be a really fascinating team. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that that's not what you want to hear Broncos country, but if, if, if it goes bad and they hit the nuke button, then then you're going to have signings, draft picks, trades, maneuvers, all of those things that bring you hope for the future. The problem right now is you keep thinking you've hit bottom and it's time to start going up. And at worst, you're just sitting there wallowing around in it. That's what sucks. Mm-hmm. A rebuild where you hit the nuke button and start over fresh and bring in new player, you know, bring in draft picks and young and just flat out start over. Rip the Band-Aid off. That's, that's it's kind of exciting. It's it's fun. It's a possibility. You got to go through the pain to do it, but you've gone through the pain. You, you've, you're you there. You know it. Yeah. And I saw a question. How's Isier Evero's defense doing in Carolina? Uh, EPA per play, they are a bottom 10 team, uh, but they've had such so many issues on offense and quarterback injury and whatnot that not putting too much on them, small sample size, but uh, they're ranked 24th in EPA per play. So not great, but Hey, it's much better than the Broncos sitting there at 32. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see how next week plays out guys. We'll I'll be live again tonight uh, with Carl on building the Broncos. Scott and I will see you guys again tomorrow morning, talking little Falcons. And uh, until then you guys continue to choose kindness and compassion. And as always go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously. They squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals, and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. 
I found that many multivitamins contain high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England, not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.